0: Indian Polity. Starting with the historical background, the British came to India in 1600 as traders in the form of East India Company, which had the exclusive right of trading in India under a charter granted by Queen Elizabeth I. In 1765, the company, which till now had purely trading functions, obtained the Diwani that is, Rights Over Revenue and Civil Justice of Bengal, Bihar and Odisha. This started its career as a territorial power. In 1858, in the wake of Sepoy Mutiny, the British Crown assumed direct responsibility for the governance of India. This rule continued until India was granted independence on August 15, 1947. With independence came the need for a constitution, hence a constituent assembly was formed for this purpose in 1946 and on January 26, 1950 the constitution came into being. However, various features of Indian constitution and polity have their roots in the British rule. There were certain events in the British rule that laid down the legal framework for the organization and functioning of government and administration in British India. These events have greatly influenced our constitution and policy. They are explained here in a chronological order under two major headings. 1. The Company Rule from 1773 to 1858 2. The Crown Rule from 1858 to 1947. The Company Rule 1. The Regulating Act of 1773 This act was of great constitutional importance as it was the first step taken by the British government to control and regulate the affairs of the East India Company in India. It recognized for the first time the political and administrative functions of the company It laid the foundations of central administrations in India. Features of the Regulating Act of 1773 are as follows. It designated the Governor of Bengal as the Governor-General of Bengal and created an executive council of four members to assist him. The first such Governor-General was Lord Warren Hastings. It made the governors of Bombay and Madras presidencies subordinate to the Governor-General of Bengal, unlike earlier when the three presidencies were independent of one another. It provided for the first establishment of a Supreme Court at Calcutta in 1774, comprising one Chief Justice and three other judges it prohibited the servants of the company from engaging in any private trade or accepting presents or bribes from the natives it also strengthened the control of the british government over the company by requiring the court of directors that is the governing body of the company to report on its revenue civil and military affairs in india and amendment was brought to this act in 1781. In a bid to rectify the defects of the Regulating Act of 1773, the British Parliament passed the Amending Act of 1781, which is also known as the Act of Settlement. The features of this Act of Settlement of 1781 are, it exempted the Governor-General and the Councils from the jurisdiction of Supreme Court for the Act done by them in their official capacity similarly it also exempted the servants of the company from jurisdiction of the supreme court for their official actions it excluded the revenue matters and the matters arising in the collection of revenue from the jurisdiction of supreme court it provided that supreme court was to have a jurisdiction over all the inhabitants of calcutta it also required the court to administer the personal law of defendants that is hindus were to be tried according to the hindu law and muslims were to be tried according to the muslim law it laid down that the appeals from the provincial court could be taken to the governor general in council and not to the supreme court it empowered the Governor General in Council to frame regulations for the provincial courts and councils. Second, Pitt's India Act of 1784. The features of it, this act are as follows it distinguished between commercial and political functions of the company, it allowed the Supreme Court. It allowed the Court of Directors to manage the commercial affairs but it created a new body called Board of Control to manage the political affairs. Thus, it established a system of double government. It empowered the Board of Control to supervise and direct all operations of civil and military government or revenues of the British possessions in India. The Act was significant for two reasons. First, the company's territories in India were for the first time called the British possessions in India. And second, the British government was given the supreme control over company's affairs and its administration in India. The Act was further uh, amended in 1786. In 1786, Lord Cornwallis was appointed as the Governor-General of Bengal and he placed two demands to accept that post. First, he should be given power to override the decisions of his council in special cases and second, he would also be the Commander-in-Chief. Accordingly, the Act of 1786 was enacted to make both the provisions. Third is the Charter Act of 1793 and the features are as follows. It extended the overriding powers granted to Lord Convales over his council to all future Governor-Generals and Governors of the Presidencies. It gave the Governor-General more power and control over the governments of the subordinate presidencies that is, Bombay and Madras. It extended the trade monopoly of the company in India for further 20 years. It provided that the Commander-in-Chief was not to be a member of the Governor-General's Council unless he was so appointed. He laid down that the members of the Board of Control and their staff were henceforth to be paid out of the Indian revenues.